today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with David Niles. We got Juan on the buttons, and we have our good friend Cy Kellett back in studio. This is like number f- maybe three, four <clears throat> on the Catholic Man Show. I think three, and I was just thinking yeah. I could go back and look at them and just watch myself age because I, I see. <laughs> I look grayer each time, which I mean is the natural the, course of things. And sure. we nonetheless disappointing. Of, we have the effect of that. Um, yeah, you're great. You you are aging me with <laughs> these know, programs. You know what? This just happened this week. I typically wouldn't bring this kind of thing up, but I was I actually saw an eyebrow hair in yeah. the in the mirror, where the like the the long half was like light brown. <laughs> oh, and then that and then root. <laughs> and then the back half, like the the half closest to my my eyebrow yeah. was was gray. Yeah. And it was like that there it there is. is. <laughs> like, you just crossed some kind of That was the moment. And it was like on display right there in the mirror. I actually saved it to show my yeah. wife. And it's like, look, babe, there was a moment. And it was like pretty clear, like mm-hmm. gray or like brown and then gray. Boom. Like yeah. something I don't know, maybe it had a, a rough day. You know, a very stressful uh, afternoon, and it's just that particular hair said, "That's it. That's it. I'm you're out. I'm, right. I quit." And that was the beginning of your death. Yeah, you know, it's on a, that you know what? It's like they talk about death as if like it happens, but it's a slow grind. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. That, yes, that's true. It's and, like and grind is the right word. It's not you like oh oh he died out. yesterday. It's like no no no. Like we've all been dying for a long time. You yeah. know. Yeah. It's the truth. Well. I was going to dedicate this episode to Lady Haley with it being her birthday week, um, but maybe it was maybe it's just not as fitting as we're sitting here talking about death. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's a year older? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but we did just uh, have our ninth annual Catholic Radio fundraiser here in Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Woo! Um, Novena. It was awesome. It was you guys Novena. have done an amazing year. job on that. I got to say... The, to be in that room with like well over 400 people and the spirit here in Tulsa and the spirit around St. Michael Radio is really joyful and not joyful in some kind of pious way, but people really seem to love one another and love the 
the radio stations and love Jesus. It was I, I love coming here. I'm really, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, we're really grateful to have um, you know people who are supportive of Catholic radio and even like non-Catholics that are supportive of Catholic radio. You yeah. know, we had several people uh, there last night who were non-Catholics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who who very much appreciate Catholic radio. Yeah, yeah, I was very suspicious of them, but that's just my nature. <laughs> I'm watching I was like, I, I kept my eye I on them. I am glad you're whole. here, but yeah. I am watching you. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> right. So yeah, it, it was a really, it was a really great time. Uh, I can't believe next year we'll have, we'll be ten years. Ten years, yeah. Uh, that's hard to believe. In fact, this morning, when I was supposed to be praying, instead I was thinking about like, what's something awesome we could do next year. And Jesus is over here like, hey, I'm I, right. I am. I'm awesome. I am yeah. awesome. Right. And he's like, Dave, there will be time for that. Yeah. Like you only- would, the, my suggestion for the tenth anniversary would be no centerpieces and pizza for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really get back to our roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Just get all anything that has any class. You know, associated with it. Yeah. Just get rid of that. Maybe get just, jugglers. Yeah. Well, you know, jugglers are very classy. What's wrong with you? It depends on the juggler. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been going on at, at uh, Catholic Answers? What have you guys been working on? What do you do you have anything in the in the pipelines? You're like still in California. Still doing that. Yeah, we're still in California. We're mostly in recovery. Uh, you know, there's a kind of sense of depression in the whole building because you guys stole um, Carla Broussard from us. Yeah. So that was rude. It was, fit, yeah. it was fit. We stole uh, in the fair and square, though. You did steal in fair and square. Yeah, you made a better <laughs> made a better offer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss Carlo. Yeah. I really do. Carlo is a uh, absolutely wonderful person to have in the building, mm. and um, now I feel really sad. I feel really down for this. Well, I've uh, had the opportunity to, to work with Carlo for for, for a while, uh, and it, he, you're right. He, he's He's such a joy. He he he'll walk into your office every morning, and say, "Hey, bud, how you doing?" I you know, know, you know, g- know, give you kind of a hug, like you know, get after it today. You know, words of encouragement. Right. Um. Yeah. But it is so great to be able to partner with the you know have the diocese partner with Catholic Answers into an official partnership. Right. It's uh, great for us. I think it's a very good sign. Uh, and for I tell you what, Answers. he's been so well received here. Mm-hmm. He's been going, you know, giving talks all over the diocese. Go into some of the rural areas where there are. I mean, very few Catholics in some yeah. of some of these small towns, and he's pulling crowds of like seventy people. Yeah, that's um, amazing. One of our pa- one of the pastors down there is a good friend of mine. Said, "I haven't seen seventy people at mass, yeah. you know, uh, since right. I've been here." Yeah, um, and so whatever he's doing, it's it's working, and yeah, we're uh, glad he's glad he's here. Yeah, and you know, he ha- he's a unique person. He has a unique s- skill set to be able to play the accordion and be a Thomistic philosopher. Right. Is, I mean, and that is kind of emblematic of him, that he's a joyful person, yeah, a, regu- a, a normal person. and uh, Yeah, he's like and, playing and, the accordion with one hand and curling his motorcycle with the other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, and saying, saying things like, in the second part of the second part <laughs> exactly. of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but so I, I, you know, I don't know that you could... Uh, this like imitate this in every diocese in America. We'll get another Carlo to go <laughs> right. in there. You know that's not going to happen. But I, I do think that it's a really good thing for Catholic Answers, and I and, and a lot of people have said it's a really good thing for Tulsa too. Tulsa is a, a very special place. I think. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how much of that has to do with the Catholic community being small, though, like feeling itself as a as a little bit not. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know what the word is, but a, a, a little bit like. Um, out of place or, or mm-hmm. in, in this real Bible belt. 
You know, that's a, that's a that is, that's a good question because I, I really do think that there is a lot to that. You know, like if you go to a conference, like when a conference, oh, this is the beginning, and there's you know fifty people there in the yeah. beginning, and it's well done, and then you know years later it's grown and there's a thousand people. And that's awesome. Like, you're glad. You know, the point was of this men's conference or whatever to get all these men here, but you kind of still reminisce yeah. about the early years when it was so yeah. small. It's like the urge people, oh, yeah, I used to I used to follow Johnny Cash before anybody knew about Johnny Cash. Yeah. You, you want to be in that. Yeah. And that is the, there is that feeling here of something new mm-hmm. and beautiful happening. And I, so I just think there's a lesson that we could all think about and learn about is bigger always better, right? Because um, actually... As I've gone in my spiritual life, especially when you think about evangelization or just anything that involves community, bigger is not necessarily better. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. I do think there's a, yeah, because there's a kind of um, mass movement mentality that can come into it. And mass movements are almost always bad for people. They're, they're rarely, and, and they rarely can maintain whatever goodness that they carry in them. You, we see them become corrupted and mm-hmm. and kind of just part of the the background noise. Uh, yeah. and, and things that are built slowly, person by person, that don't have that mass movement feel to them. Well, that, that's really, I think, more what Christianity is. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we want Christianity to be um, like... You know, when will it have its moment and be the next big thing? Well, will that be good? I mean, it will be good. It's not bad, yeah. mm-hmm. but no. But, but I see what you mean. I think that's a good question. But there's a there's this. I was talking with Father Brooks about this last night about the idea that you know he he said this thing to me. Uh, he goes from um, from from the time of Jesus to the legalization of Christianity is three hundred years. All right, so that's the entire history of our country, including the pre-colonial period. So from Jesus to to the legalization of Christianity, three hundred years. Uh, from that moment to the to the gospel reaching all the way to Scandinavia, seven hundred more years. So yeah, Europe's not that big, you know. Right. But the, this is a this is it's not, and, and it's all connected. Like, yeah, right. You could just well, ride Scandinavia, a horse. not so much. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> they, uh, but yeah, right. It's this it's this pretty small place that. Uh, it takes you a thousand years for the church to really be the 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 spirit of the thing, you yeah. know. And then and then it lasts what five hundred years, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, I, I do think that's important that we not be too caught up in because I, I'll tell you what the other thing is. Then we stop doing the things that we're that actually grow the church that Christ is building. And we start doing programs or committee meetings and all. And we stop doing the things like prayer and like you. Like, you know how you just avoid prayer to think about the 10th anniversary? (laughs) You're a typical (laughs) lousy Christian. What program? No, because if you're thinking in the terms of a thousand years, then monasteries make sense. But if you're thinking in terms of uh, we've got to, you know, uh, grow our numbers, monasteries make no sense at all. Very true. That's a good point. And that's hard to do in today's world with it being like we're very capitalist, we're very entrepreneurial, like like, grow, 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 grow. That's right. Yeah. Uh, But I I do evangelization happens one on one, right? Evangelization happens in small groups to change lives. So when we get back, we're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about change. Talk about America. Yeah. America. America. We'll be right back. 
The season of Advent is more than just a countdown to Christmas. It's a season for hope. Are you filled with hope? Amidst all this noise and chaos in the world, are you hopeful? Well, the team at Exodus has a brand new spiritual exercise to help you grow in the theological virtue of hope as you journey to Bethlehem with Joseph and Mary. During this season of Advent from Exodus, you, along with Exodus men from around the world, can make a focused effort in growing in hope while offering up some important sacrifices for those that you love. The disciplines of Exodus 90 are pretty challenging, let's be honest. But for Advent, the Exodus team has made it a lot more accessible for any of you who might be on the fence of doing something like that. In short, you'll commit to 20 minutes of daily prayer, you'll work on rooting out cynicism and sarcasm, and you'll try, you'll try to be present at all holiday parties. There's a complete list that you can check out, startmyexodus.com. Again, if you wanted to grow in the virtue of hope, you need to join us at startmyexodus.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, our special guest, Mr. Cy Kellett. Catholic Answers Live. Thanks for being here, Cy. Thank you for having me here. I love coming here to Tulsa. We I'm love, talk we about love that on the air on Monday. I'm going to talk about what... It, there's just something going on here. You guys got something going on. And... It's called you, freedom, baby. It's what <laughs> is it that is. what it is? It's called freedom? <laughs> yep, that's what okay. we got. Okay. Well, good. Freedom seems to be working yep. for you. Yep. Yeah, it sells. Yeah. That's just another word for nothing left to lose. Oh, I agree. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to write a song about that. Yeah, you should. Yeah, that is good. Did you? You should write that down. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we want to talk about hope and change. Um, there's obviously like... <laughs> Such a great slogan. Somebody should. I know. Somebody, somebody should, should like. I feel like that could be a, a poster, a, a big winner politically. Like, <laughs> I feel like uh, that could that could really carry the day. Yes. Isn't it funny yeah. that political slogans is like, how can we say the same thing we did last time, just yeah. like exactly. just a little bit different, so that right. people don't realize we're just trying to do the same thing exactly. <laughs> we're trying to do, which is nothing. Yeah. Which is funny, like when you try to run, it's like you're the incumbent, and you're like hope and change. It's yeah. like. Ooh. Change? Yeah. yeah. You sure? You're the guy. You know, like, <laughs> we're changing to you. Yeah, yeah, but still. Right. Let's still do it. Anyway. Yeah, so, because we're, we're, we are entering into Advent, which is very short this year, right? Yeah. The season of Advent this right. year is short. And so, uh, as we're entering into it as Christians, we should be intentional about it because we don't have very much time. So, right. Uh, the, and the season Advent. that we would like to be short, Lent, is never it short. It's never short. It's They never shorten that. No. But Advent, you know, where you're experiencing joyful, hopeful expectation, we'll shorten that one, but we're not going to shorten the, uh, you get no, you know, whatever you're giving up. Yeah, 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 and this year, like if you're doing Exodus 90, it starts on January 1st. January 1. Yeah. It's, man, but it's really like Exodus 89, because January 1st is a solemnity, so... Anyway. Oh, so you start slow this year. Right? <laughs> Got a little bit of a running kind of start. Cr- right. yeah. 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 You still yeah. you still probably have to take a cold shower. Yeah. yeah. But you know, anyway. There's a lot in the world. Yes. And I think especially as Catholics, like and for Catholics who like really care about the faith, like you know, like people who are listening to our show. Um there's a lot of things that I think we find frustrating, whether it's church leadership or um when you look at hey this is a this is a, like a overwhelmingly catholic state and they and they voted to like add abortion to the constitution you oh, know yeah. or We're seeing you know, that st- a lot. stuff like that it's like 
come on, guys. Well, you know, there's the list goes on and on. Okay, we don't have yeah, to. Yeah, sure. So why and how does one like practice hope? What like let's just start with some some general specifics here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the I think of the experience of God is necessary for Christian hope. And so there's a certain sense in which all of Christianity has a mystical element to it. We don't, not everybody has to be a mystic. Not everybody has to be St. John of the Cross. Um, and it would be a horrible religion if everybody had to be St. John of the Cross. You know, the, it, that, that would be too much. We, it, would, it would be too much. It would, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank God for St. John of the Cross, but if your name has of the cross in it, you're you're in the you're on the this end of the curve. Right. It's yeah. a bell curve yeah. and you're on this end of it. And and God, so God didn't clearly didn't incarnate become one of us uh to make a religion that's impossible. That's not that's not the point. But the but so we don't have to be all mystics in that way, but there is a kind of mystical element that the experience of God is necessary for us in order to have the hope that we're supposed to have. Because without the experience of God, you know, just like to steal basically, uh, you know, a lot of what Pope Benedict said when he was Pope, you know, you you live within this horizon here, this worldly horizon, and you can't, you, you can't get yourself out of that worldly horizon. You need the experience of God in order to draw you out into a mystery that said, and that mystery is... is you may not know what it is or where it's leading or, you know, we, we see through a, a, a glass darkly. Um, but, but the experience of that mystery of the mysterious element of life, the, the, the experience of the mystical introduces the element of hope because it moves the horizon out. It, the, the horizon becomes, uh, almost out in, in the fog somewhere. I can't, I'm not, I'm no longer stuck in the horizon of this world. And I think having the experience of God is harder for modern people than it was for any people before the modern period. Mm. And, and, and I don't think people give enough kind of um, weight to that idea. And so we end up feeling bad, like, what's wrong with me? Well, a part of what's wrong with you is that you live in a world that is deeply, deeply wrong. Like, you, you are who you are in part because you're, we're 200 years into the most radical change in human existence ever. You know, starting in the 1820s, and now we're in the 2020s. We're in the 2020s, right? Yeah. Right, I get yes. lost in time yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But those 200 years are the most radically weird period in the history of humanity. We don't live now anything like everybody lived just 200 years ago. Yeah, it's though it's utterly been devastated. So in a certain way, you could say, "Oh, it's utterly been transformed and made wonderful." And yes, but also something was devastated. So there's there's a devastation all around us that we don't see because we're busy celebrating how great it is to be modern, you know. And you see these, you know, you ever like on the internet and there the little articles will pop up that are I don't know if they're articles or ads sometimes, you know, but they're just like to get clickbait. I guess is yeah. the word for it. Uh-huh. 10 crazy things medieval people believed you know mm-hmm. 10 weird habits of medieval and you know that's a, you know it's clickbait but when you see that kind of stuff it's like, yeah, like i do want to see what yeah, especially like. when they and this is a you should think about this for marketing yeah. for uh for exodus because uh-huh. 
uh, number seven will blow your mind. Yeah. You're like, I got I got to get at least a number well, seven. Yeah. Like, what, what? I'm a human being. And you click on it, and then you have to, it's like one page. Here's number one on one page, and you have to click next to get to number two. <laughs> oh, but they, but they trick you. They have... All these other things that look like the next button, and if you click them, they're an ad. Dude, so for old guys, it's dude. like I don't know what to click. I'm clicking <laughs> right. all these things, and then it's like next opening. thing you know, you're just like putting your credit card number in somewhere, yeah. and it's like, well, I always, I, don't I mean, know. if you need my credit card and my social security number in order for me to find out what number seven is, I'm gonna give that to you. <laughs> Clearly, I, I mean, I, I'm not a superhero. I can't hold out on. That. In order to close this window, please enter your credit card number. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Fine. Exactly. Just let me leave. Right. If I'm, oh no. Oh, they found a virus on my machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the I, I think there this uh, the what I and I I'd probably talk about this more than I should, but I really do believe it, and I do believe it's not talked about enough. The loss of contact with the natural world, yeah, is devastating, mm-hmm. and that began in Manchester, England, in the eighteen twenties, and. One of the things I like to talk about in one of the talks I do is that if you go to the Wikipedia page for Manchester, England, they have a painting from a hill looking down to Manchester uh, in like the early 1800s, 1810s or something. And you have this beautiful, idyllic, pastoral English town. And then there's another painting painted from the exact same spot in the 1850s. And this is on the Wikipedia page. You can look at them. They put Whoever did this is brilliant, right next to each other. You look down into Manchester, it's smokestacks and polluted, and you, you, it, it looks like, oh, yeah, that's the modern world. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And that, that happened, that really did happen, and it really happened in a very short period of time. And after it happened in Manchester, it happened in London, and it, and it happened in Paris, and it happened in, and then it happened in New York. And, it, and, and that transformation of the world it brought enormous goods with it, and it's sure. crazy to deny. The, yeah. I mean, we're talking. Yeah. No, I think you have to. Right you now. have to admit that, yeah. right? But what we, but the, what we're afraid to admit the devastation that it brought, because then that would require some change on our mm-hmm. on our part, right? And I think when you have a conversation like this, it's not saying that okay, we're gonna like we have to throw it all out. No, we just have to admit, hey, there was a cost. Because I think the pressure that, is that like, no, no, there was no cost. It's no, just it's, it's all just good. all better, it's all right, better, and right. it's like whatever. Yeah. There was a cost, and so like let's just be honest about what the cost was, and then once we're being honest about it, we can we can actually like make good decisions now because Brother, we're just being honest song. about I, it. You are uh, that's exactly right. I don't think I've ever articulated it that well, but that's exactly right. right. Because obviously, like he stole, he stole that from me. I was just saying you that. were about yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're not gonna like throw out the internet, you no. know, or the tractor. You know, no. or fertilizer, right? I mean, that stuff's sticking around. They had okay? fertilizer before. Yeah, but not like they do now. It was pretty organic. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Look, I did science fair in grade school. You know, it's yeah, like right. organic fertilizer versus, you know, yeah, pure I, nitrogen. Yeah. It's a big difference. <laughs> no, yeah, but, the, the one thing they had a lot of was fertilizer. You picked, well, yeah. like, the one... Thing that they called it fertilizer. We today we, we <laughs> yeah. call it manure, but <laughs> yeah, it right. does work. Yeah, but uh, you know, like one thing I because th- it's like, well, why? Why is this? Like, why? Why does that? What does that have to do with our experience of God? Yeah. Right, and I think it comes down to wonder, right, and just mm-hmm. like be appreciating. You know, all of a sudden the world be- turned from God's creation to man's creation, 
right? And like, that's kind of the world we live in now. Yes. Right. Like, oh, I live in my cell. It's like my cell phone. I live in like this technological world that has been created and crafted by man. And it's like, we can't figure out why it doesn't satisfy us. Uh, yeah. I think, I don't know what the numbers are. You but- are just killing today. I don't even know why I'm here. You're kill- we can't figure out why it doesn't satisfy us. That's exactly what Well, I- yeah. I mean, we were, we're God's creatures in a world created by man, and we can't figure out why that doesn't satisfy us. That's exactly... That's a perfect diagnosis. Yeah. So, I mean... You should stop talking. Everything you've said has been perfect so far, so don't mess it I'm up. I'm going to be like George Costanza and just like, <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> I had one good joke. Uh, but, for instance... Well, I'll, I'll talk about this on the other side of the break. Uh, right. Just because, like... Man today has no idea what all men knew 200 years ago. Boom. Nailed it. Nailed it. And number seven is going to blow your your mind. mind. Hey guys, I know most of you are planning on coming with us to the Holy Land, but we've had to call an audible due to everything that's happening, and we're going to go to Poland instead with Father Patrick Briscoe, still is going to be there with us, the Dominican Friar, the editor of Our Sunday Visitor, April 3rd through the 14th, it's a 12-day pilgrimage, we're going to go walk in the land of St. Faustina, St. Maximilian Kolbe, St. John Paul II, and it's going to be on Divine Mercy Sunday, so there's no better place to be than Poland on Divine Mercy Sunday to visit St. Faustina, so go to selectinternationaltours.com. Join us. We'd love to have you with us. That's April 3rd through the 14th. Uh, We're only going to take a small group. It's going to be a very intimate group, so we don't want a massive multiple bus pilgrimage because we want to spend time with you, and we want it to be edifying not only spiritually, but also we have a great time together in fellowship. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow and join us in Poland April 3rd through the 14th with Father Patrick Briscoe. See you there. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're headed to Poland. Headed to Poland right after Easter this year. Going to go see, hang out with St. Faustina, St. Maximilian Colby, JP2. Can people go with you or are yeah, you just going? They, they can totally go with us. Oh, they, okay. can, they can come yeah. with. No, we're just going. We just want you guys to Be know jealous. we are going. Be very jealous we're Don't going to Poland. Don't tell Joe Heschmeyer this. He's constantly saying, we should go to Poland. We should do a pilgrimage to He should Poland. come. He, he should, should come, come with us. We're, we're going to be there it. on Divine Mercy Sunday. Yes. Which is like sweet. Wow. Pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the we're, birthplace of the Divine Mercy. Yeah. yeah. You'll be there. Yep. Yeah. We're going with uh, Father Patrick Briscoe. Do you know Father Patrick Briscoe? No, I don't. He's a Dominican priest uh, on the Eastern Province, and he's uh, the editor of um, Our Sunday Visitor. Oh. Um, he's really awesome. Really he's, great he's guy. Very awesome. And, yeah. and he stayed there in Poland for, uh, I think, about a year when he was a, a younger priest. And so he has all the ins. Oh, you got to have that priest. Yeah. That's the, when you're going on pilgrimage, you got to have that yeah. priest who's like, I know a guy. We'll Plus, in, we'll I, know like, back I know like four words in Polish, so yeah, that'll help. I don't know that I. I my my grandmother <laughs> spoke Polish, and I and that none of that came to me. I don't have any. I don't think I know a single Polish word. Give me a Polish word. What do you got? Like stolat, which means to life. It's like oh, something you so say. So you know before you. You drink. know what to say. I basically are tilting your glass. Basically up. everything okay. I know has to do with like what you say <laughs> as you're drinking, right before you take a drink or something. <laughs> okay. All right, that's good. Yeah, it's like the. But the those are important Southern words. California Spanish speaker who can say. 
dos cervezas, por favor. Yes. Yeah. And donde está el baño. Yeah. That's, yeah. Rápido. Those, those, those are, are the two, two very important. Right. El... Donde está baño rápido. <laughs> rápido. <laughs> Mucho importante. You need a fast bathroom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're so we're talking about yeah. So yeah, I just want to finish this point because yeah. I want to I want to I want size thoughts on it about modern man today. I think half of people, at least in the first world, first world countries, will die without ever actually seeing the stars. That that yes, I okay. Sorry. Like there is no like the the places you can go in America yeah. where this where there is actually enough darkness. To behold the heavens at at night, right. the way that everybody, two hundred years ago, I mean, like for millennia, the history of humanity, every single person on the entire planet, every night, saw the stars in their fullness, okay, and just beheld the mag like magnificence yeah. of God's creation. And today, no matter, it's like, even, okay, we have this place out in, in uh, Michigan, it's out in the middle of nowhere, but still from our lake, you can see over this, like, the, the mountain, a, there's a, t a small town, it's a small town, like, 20 miles away. Oh, you see the light. And you can see the glow, this faint glow coming over this hill, and it, you can tell, like, oh, there's stars over here, and then as you get lower in the sky in that direction, it's like, they just kind of disappear. Right. And that's a tiny, a small town from 20 miles away. Yeah. So, like... I, I gotta and tell you, just this, that. Yeah, but it's worse than even what you're describing because even the person who can can physically see the stars doesn't have the capacity of soul to see mm. the stars because the soul has been so wounded by entertainment and by um, stimulus yeah. that you know wonder to have the capacity. Wonder spelled backwards is boredom. Don't work too hard on that one because that's okay. actually not true. But uh, I'm not a good speller, so I'll just uh, believe you. But but the 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 total lack of boredom, meaning uh, like a kind of um, uh, non-stimulus that is required for the soul to actually not just to see physically, because that's not the only thing we need. We we need to see as persons the, the the whole of the person needs to experience that nature and we can usually only do it by surprise sometimes we'll be surprised by the natural world we'll be surprised by the way the light touches something or the, the way an animal did something or uh but that it's that's very rare and mostly like if you take a, an american teenager out we're going to go see the stars and they will be like, when can I get back in the yeah. minivan and get back? That sounds on that? so dumb. Yeah. Like, what, what? Um, you know, it's like uh, there was a kid in our neighborhood when my kids were growing up who went, uh, I think it was like a sixth grade trip or something to Paris. And so she sees all these great artworks. But when she come, we, we, how was it? And she's telling us about it. And you get this sense of she had no appreciation for any of it. Like, she didn't. She saw it, but she had no capacity to see it, to, mm. to know. And th that's not her fault. I'm not blaming right. her for that. When you, when you're, uh, but, but the capacity is missing in us. So, you know, like even like surfers, and many surfers have this great experience of nature, but essentially it's, an, it's, a, 
it's a utilitarian, even for this, the, you know, because what they're looking for is the perfect wave, the perfect, well, that you're just using nature. You're not actually experiencing the natural world as a, as a divine communication, which mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. That the natural world is a communication of God to us. It's for us. You know, that's, these are, this is what the church teaches about the entire universe is made for the entirety of the human race. This is something for us to experience together yeah. as a gift, but we can't experience it as a gift anymore. We, 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 we just can't see it that way. So you have to think about not just how to have the physical spaces to experience the natural world, but to have, how am I going to get the capacity back? Yeah. And the honest truth is, I mean, you have that little thing in, in the beginning about asceticism. You know, we think asceticism is is to, you know, I don't know, strengthen us for the arduous moral task of the Christian life. Yeah, it's that. But it's also so that you can be joyful, so that you can have mm. hope, so that you can see the world that God created and love it and appreciate it. Because if you're in the Audubon Society and every bird is to be cataloged and protected and well, can you really see the bird? Like, I yeah. love you that you're in the... God bless you for being in the Audubon Society. But if you can't experience that bird as a creation, as mm-hmm. a gift, you can't really experience the bird. You're, you're experiencing a, a, a lot that I would... And, I, and, I, and I'm, I don't not, I'm not opposed to the Audubon Society. Yeah. You know, I, God bless them. I'm just saying that it's not just a matter of seeing physically, although that is greatly diminished. Where are we going to get the capacity yeah. to see, to be? Because a child in a New York City apartment can experience nature. When the sun comes in the window and there's the little dust mite, the child can't, if the child is adequately bored, that is not, there's no bluey on TV, there's, there's nothing, the child doesn't need to go to a forest, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to get on a, a, a ship and go to the Antarctic. Nature is right there. It, 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 you, we can't get away from it. But does the child does the, does the child have that capacity? Because have the parents allowed the child's soul to flourish in that way? Yeah, yeah. I think part of that capacity has been swallowed up or taken hostage by our desire to possess things. Okay. Oh, yeah. so you know when you see that bird, okay, oh, I have to take a picture of it. I have to capture it, oh, that's okay, a good point. so yeah. that I can like now I can have this bird, okay. And so you you totally you it's it's sort of like um, uh, sterilizing the experience, right? It can it, it's it's like uh, it's not fertile anymore in your soul or in your mind no. because I want to possess this. It's like oh, I, instead of like enjoying it and letting this right. just be a moment, right? Yeah. It's like no, I have to get it. I have to capture it. Now it's mine and I have yeah. it forever. Right. When I went to Rome the first time, I caught, I realized I was doing this. You go to all these beautiful, every church, take a picture. Oh, I got to take a picture of that. Take, and I realized I'm going around these churches yeah. taking pictures of all these pictures. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And then yeah. we finally came to a church that said, had a rule, no cell phones. And when we left, I was like, that... Oh, that's a church. I realized like that. <laughs> wow, I actually experienced that right. church instead of like before. My experience was like, quick, I have to get a picture of all the stuff, you know, as if like that was gonna like make my life better 
or something, you know, you could just Google an image, like a much better picture of the right crappy cell phone photo that I took, you know, but it was just this desire to possess things instead of letting the beauty just be in there for a moment and like having this just be a part of my life now that beauty, I experience a real beautiful thing. But I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. ahead. But that's a weird kind of modern problem of the experiencing life as scarcity um despite the plant because we live amidst plenty that the burden of we, abundance yeah that we don't trust that this experience that i'm having right now of seeing this beautiful painting or this beautiful bird i don't have to capture it i don't have to preserve it forever god's going to supply a million more of those he's yeah. constantly supplying yeah. those and if i just thank him and appreciate I don't have to worry about the scarcity of sunsets. He's not quitting on that. All right, you're you're gonna get more of these. You know, he's the, the perfect summer breeze blows over me, and I'm like, that's it. This is the peak of my life. You know, I, right. I, I God the the plenty that's experienced by the poor people of the medieval period is so much greater than the scarcity that's experienced by the wealthy people of the modern period. But what what's the correlation between this and just a lack of being a contemplative man or just contemplation in general? Like because yeah. I think uh, in order you were just talking about asceticisms and things like that. Well, the reason why we do that also is just to quiet our appetites so that we can be still, that we can enter into rest and then wonder. Yes, that's, uh, you know, yeah. and so like, but we're, we don't cultivate these the, the times to have contemplative moments to meditate upon something. It's always. Oh, this next thing. Oh, this next thing. Right. Or and that's why you get that I don't get anything out of the mass. Right. Well, maybe because you're trying to get something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <It's> stop. <laughs> stop it. You th- you're thinking mass is for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. But just give worship and see how that goes right. for a while. Oh gosh. We're here with Psy Kelly. We'll be right. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, Adam Minahan, special guest Cy Kellett. We're talking about wonder. Yeah. Do you just have regular guests, or is everybody a special guest? Uh, like I, we have regular. Ones. We have regular you do? guests. Yeah, yeah, we do have regular. Do you ever people. say that? Like a regular guest, yeah. David Niles, Adam Minahan, and regular guests, Mitch Pacwa. No, or, no, you don't do that. You know what? We don't have regular guests. <laughs> like we don't. It's not like we have someone who's like All right, then, regularly on the show. Finally, you know, we got like, a little bit real here. You know, like a re- our regular oh, guest yeah. would be like, oh, and yeah. now it's like. I'm a regular you know, guest like now. Every, somebody every is like, oh, years. in the fourth segment of every show, so-and-so comes. Our regular yeah. guest, you know, yeah, number. That's true. They're all special. You're, but you know what, Cy? You are, are you special. You are special. Yeah. You're actually special. We're very, very grateful for your 
Do you know that this is this is actually helping me? Like yeah. hearing you two. I know you guys are being smart, Alex. But no. like hearing grown men say that I'm special. My name's actually, not Alec, but yes, I am smart, and you are special. <laughs> Bam! Just give me a minute to let it yeah, sink. That's okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I do want to talk. So, so we're talking about wonder. We're talking about like the contemplative life. I'm curious uh, when when Jesus was. A young boy, you know the story of him going into the temple and the. the I have so many questions about him as a as a little boy. Like, yeah, and he's a young boy. He goes into the temple like? and and uh, his parents are freaking out, trying to find him. But he's in the temple, and the fa- the scribes and Pharisees are like sitting in awe and wonder at at, at what Jesus is saying as a yeah. young boy. Like, imagine them like sitting there wondering and it, like taking in. It's not necessarily just the words he was saying. Right, no. like this is kind of like what you were saying earlier, right? It's not just the content that Jesus was putting out, but but they were able to sit and wonder in awe about his answers and who he is. And there's a lot of times in evangelization that we can sit there and we can have the right things to say. We can know, okay, he says X, I say Y, he goes Y, I go Z, right? And we right. have all the answers, um, so to speak, of these truths. But it's not about necessarily the answers, but it's about this relationship in which we sit down and and have the conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean another reason for asceticism is that uh, you know John the Baptist gives us the basic rules of the spiritual life. I must decrease. <laughs> You must increase. Yeah. And if if you resist, the more you resist the decreasing the harder it is for Christ to animate your actions. And then what, what are you evangelizing? I mean, are you, are you just trying to run up the scorecard of, I got this many people to, you know, like, if you, if, if you bear Christ, you can, oh, it's going to rhyme accidentally, but you can share Christ. I didn't mm, need to do that, sorry. That's a t-shirt. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> but I, I Somebody apologize. X that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you but, call it now? Like you're not know. tweeting. Twitter, I, I Are you Xing say, now? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Uh, but I, I, I guess the call back to asceticism, uh, and and so I mean, in some ways, asceticism is really unattractive because it's like yeah. I have all this food, <laughs> I have all this drink, I have all this entertainment, I have a hot water heater. You know, this is a terrible idea, by the way. The too, cold too shower, good. terrible, terrible idea. But. Uh, it's Whatever, but, but, but they're all terrible ideas. Cold all showers in California ideas. cannot be that bad. Yeah. Well, because no water comes Go, out. We have what? the low flow next waterheads. Week, next week, when you're, yeah. when you're in Bismarck, when you're in Bismarck next week, you take, you a, take a cold, cold shower. shower. You know the ground temperature for water is the same. Sure. Every, yeah. Okay. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I believe you. I believe you, Sai. Just go ahead and take a cold shower in Bismarck. <laughs> I know I'm not going to do it, though. I don't even want to go outside in Bismarck. I'm yeah. wearing my coat indoors in, <laughs> in Oklahoma. You imagine how I'm going to dress when I go to Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm glad you're, it's, it's you and not me. But water yeah. heaters are a new thing as well. What's that? Over the last 200 years. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. I mean, the, or 100 That's right. years or whatever yeah. it is. I yeah. mean, this, uh, for all of, all of time... People took cold showers. That was just it, like what you did. Yeah, I mean, well, the Romans had hot water. Yeah, the, well, uh, hot, they, there's hot springs and things like that. But like for the normal, you know, that's why also I think people bathe like once a week. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, whether <laughs> they needed it or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the amount of bathing that people do today is related to the status of women in society because. Uh, the higher their status, the more they can say, "Would you please take a bath <laughs> and brush your teeth." So I think that's just one reason to have higher status for women in society. 
Okay. Oppressed women means disgusting men. Liberated I women. Think- all right, I think that men. there's an interpretation of what you're saying that I totally agree with. <laughs> but is there one, is there another one that you? <laughs> yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Yes, there's a, there's yeah. another interpretation. Empowered that I would be like, women oh, is good for men. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Women, women allowed to like embrace to the fullness up. of femininity. Right. Yeah. But part of the fullness of femininity is saying, take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> you weirdo. This is, but yes. this this actually is, goes back to you know the Saint Saint John the Baptist. I must decrease, he must increase. We decrease so that Christ can fully animate who we are and who like we're yes. called to be and thus we actually increase it's this beautiful paradox that we're actually we we decrease to get out of our way so that Christ can live in us so that we fully can become right. the man or, or woman that Christ is calling us to be yeah yes without question yeah like like John the Baptist who said that is the greatest per- Jesus himself this is the greatest person who ever lived you know, up to this point, now I'm going to baptize you, and that's going to change everything. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, his his the, the ability to decrease is the quality of greatness of soul that makes you able to be a John the Baptist or a King David. You mm-hmm. know, and when you grow in that virtue, when you grow in magnanimity, when you grow in all these things, you you your the the virtue of magnanimity grows, but also the the virtue of hope grows, which kind of comes back right to back. full circle, right? right. Like this is because you have something to hope for. There's no hope in heaven. No, nope, that's right. The virtue of he- uh, hope is not there in, in heaven. But the no. more you enter into this relationship with Christ here on earth, as we're still breathing and living, and we're growing in the virtuous life, the more we can enter into contemplation where we can quiet our senses and and listen to our Creator. Yep. The more that we actually will grow in hope because we we fully understand and recognize that which we are called to be. Yeah. Yeah. I have found in my own life the easiest way to do that and I take the easiest path whenever I can is uh is sitting with Jesus in the Eucharist. Uh that there are lots and lots of um wonderful spiritual practices, but this one always seems like a kind of a shortcut to me. Like he does most of the work in other words. Yeah. Like and I imagine that I I suppose there I don't think that that's just a dumb thing to say. Like, I imagine that the apostles in the years that they were with Jesus made extraordinary spiritual progress that other people don't make because they were in the presence of Jesus, and he does that yeah. to you. So uh, I, it's very, I know it's very unmanly to always try to take the easiest, and this is the Catholic Man Show, but I'm pretty devoted to, to finding the easiest way to do yeah. whatever needs to be done, including getting to heaven. Like, there's the hard road. And I know we all have to be you know, on the narrow road, and I don't like crowds, but it's going to get, you know, I got to go the right. narrow road. But I, I would like to, I, my idea is to go the narrow road uh, at the low, low traffic time. I would just like, I'm just, you know, when when there's, there's not a lot of difficulty or work, and the easiest way is just to sit with Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah, he, in devotion he, to his mother, like... Hey, oh, that's a very good point. Hey, Mary, I, this road's crowded. Can you like? Yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. Can you get in my me way. in? Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, <laughs> you get. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's like the 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 priest who knows people in Poland. Right. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Okay, right. she, and she does. Yeah, that's that's a very good point because uh, my wife Missy and I uh, did the consecration to Mary, and it's been miraculous in our marriage. Really, you no, know, really, that's awesome. Yeah, she listens to me now. Uh, wow, I know it's amazing. Wow, like but, on air or in the home, but. No, not, not on the air. She's not. She's not wasting her time with that. But, uh, 
But in all seriousness, it really has been miraculous for us. And we, not, not from coming from like, like, I don't think when we consecrate, when we did the consecration, we were in a bad place in our marriage. Not at all. We were in a good place, but she want, Missy wanted to do it. Missy's a convert uh, to the faith and she wanted to do it. So we did it together and I've seen nothing but just flowering since then. Just praise God. Can you talk about, like, you see flowering in your, in your prayer life, in your relationship with her? Like, what, yes, what, does all that of that. Like? what does it look like? Well, you know how sometimes I guess you 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 put the work in and and you and and you want to see the fruits of it. I feel the fruits of it more. Like it feels like it has become fruitful. Like Mary made it fruitful. Like and and that meaning that we're kinder to each other. We're uh, changes have happened where we're more patient. Um, the you know marriage is full of temptations for me one of the temptations is grumpiness and i have felt that just kind of evaporate in a way that and and i'm ashamed to say that i don't like being a grumpy person but but i i know that it was mary who started to loosen those my tight strings a little bit like mm. you know you're you're going to be okay if you don't get your way and Every, I was telling you about this yesterday a little bit about uh-huh. just learning to not get your way and yeah and it's so pathetic to think that you know I'm coming up on 60 years old and that I'm still attached to getting my way like that's pathetic but but <laughs> I think by the uh, time I get to be 60 I'm going to be more attached it's like look yeah guys, like finally I, I should get a win here. I actually know <laughs> actually know what the right way is yeah. so like yeah you need to listen to me, all right? <laughs> but like, I'm the kind of person who's driving and somebody else isn't doing it right. You know, they're yeah. they're taking long, and I'm annoyed at them. Like, just do it the the right way, right? And and there is something about spiritual maturity of that that is like, stop. That's the way they're doing it. Yeah. Like, you're just stop. And mm. so I have felt that uh, that that tendency towards grumpiness evaporate in me. And I think for Missy, the tendency towards anxiety, the tendency towards worry yeah. has, has... And I honestly don't know how Jesus does what he does in Eucharistic adoration. I don't know how Mary does it. Like, I can't say, we did this, and then Mary did these 11 things. I can say, we did this consecration, and we saw the fruits of it. I don't know the cultivation. I don't know how yeah. that... That was mysterious. Yeah. I don't know how seeds work either. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, but right. He but then, seemed, that seems to be effective. Yeah, but, you know? yeah right. Like, Putting them in the ground seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of time on Catholic Radio. Go check us out on thecatholicmansion.com. We're going to continue this conversation with Cy Kellett, host of Catholic Answers. We're on the Lord team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. But, you know, like with this consecration, side, I think, like, it does make sense because when you do consecrations like this, whether it's, you know, obviously to Our Lady, of all the consecrations, you know, it's the best one. Um, because, and ultimately, all of them, you're consecrating yourself to Jesus. Yeah, really, right? It's to not. Jesus it's not Mary. actually about Mary. It's always about Christ. Um, but what they do is they have like this way of um, an ordering principle in our lives that tends to take our focus or our behaviors or our attitudes or our devotions and puts them in the right order. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's a, that's what's happened. Our marriage feels more. In order, in order way. is just so important. Like right. the 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 modern world, all the stuff we've been talking about today, 
well, why does it have this? Like, well, because it's disordering your values. It's it's putting higher goods above lesser goods. It's putting first things before last things. You know, it's like you're getting all mixed up in what is real, okay? And so consecrations, prayer, all of these things have an ordering principle in our life. Stargazing, right? Because there's... Uh, even prayer, which it's like, oh, that's a supernatural thing. Well, it also has natural effects, okay? Even, like, that's why meditation, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. celebrities, they, they'll talk about, like, oh, I started meditating. And, like, they, they say it has this, you know, like, well, that's because there is even a natural principle at work here that's not just supernatural, right? I mean, God doesn't, he works always, all the time, right? So these consecrations, they just have a way of putting things in the right cubby, of our of our soul and of our minds, right? Yeah, and so it's it's just it yeah. it does make sense. It does why it works. I still I don't know how. No, right, right, but uh, yeah, because all of that ordering actually requires somebody to do the work of putting it in yeah. order for you, and I don't know how she does it. I don't know. She's the like, endurer of knots. Yeah, I mean, she's she's like she's the best. But yeah, yeah. As as the undoer of knots, I take her as my patron for fishing. Oh, gosh. especially if you're taking children. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have made uh, Peter one because it seems like he was just a terrible fisherman. Yeah, I, I mean, do kind of wonder the, like how successful he was as a I mean, fisherman. It just seemed <laughs> like, like every time they were like, "Oh yeah, we've been fishing the whole time and we have not got caught nothing. anything." Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I think yeah. that was, that was that's smart. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Peter, you know, I'll help, but are you in the right job? You know, maybe maybe we need to move you into a position that's more suited more management. to your talents. More, more yeah. management. Hey, yeah. yeah. Move you right. into management. I just love Peter because, like, of all the apostles, to me, he's the most relatable. Oh, he is. You know, just like, yeah. he's just a mess. You know, even, like, at the end of his life, running away from his from his martyrdom in Christ, like, well, I guess I'll go die again on uh, yeah. the cross. Which is the ultimate Jewish mother move. Okay, right. I'll do it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah. really, Jesus? Just thanks for the guilt <laughs> trip. <laughs> I just really appreciate it. It's like, you know what, Peter? I'm glad that someone wrote down all this stuff, because I bet the other apostles, you know... Do you know why they wrote it down, though? It's because Peter told it. It was Mark that wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. And Peter told yeah. it to Mark. Right. So uh, that's that's something else to love about Peter mm-hmm. is the fact that he's constantly telling the truth about right. him. Yeah. Because he doesn't care about himself. He cares about Jesus by the time he's writing these things down. So he's not like, and then I walked on the water and I it was like, yeah, I, I started sinking. Yeah, well, then I you'll never there. believe what I did next. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's it exactly was it. terrible. And and but that's all because what he really wants to communicate is that Christ put his hand out. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that Jesus mm. that Peter wants you to know. He doesn't care how stupid he looks in the story. He wants you to know that Jesus put his hand out. Yeah, and and that's yeah. Even though really he looks pretty awesome. Like <laughs> you walked on water, bro. <laughs> I know. Like yeah, I know. I don't know. How, I know there's like some other saints who reportedly did that, but it's like it's a small crowd. Right. It's like plus, and he doesn't have the saints. He doesn't have like. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think Saint uh, I think uh, Saint uh, John Capistrano. Right. I think he flew, yeah, if that so. Carthusian can do it, yeah, like, I can. I do could it. probably walk on water. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. I don't even know if he knows anything about boats. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite story of Peter is when he gets behind Jesus, and whispers in his ear, 10. And Jesus is like, "What are you doing?" And Peter tells him, "You told me get behind me, say 10. 
But I'm <laughs> that joke is funnier in Spanish. No, yeah. <laughs> he said yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that th this is the wonderful thing about that. I'm gonna repeat that joke so many times now, <laughs> like so many times. You can do. You have to give me credit anytime. You can just the, take that's your the problem own. is though I'm not gonna give. I'm no. gonna think I thought of this like five minutes after I leave here. I'm gonna think I made that joke up. You can't. You've changed my life right now. Joe, One, are you say, trying to say that you came up with that joke no. on your own? Yeah. Okay, Mister. Give know, me credit. I don't know yeah. where I. I don't know where. Well, I can get credit for relating it. Can you come on the air and tell that joke when Joe Heshmeyer's on? Because I'll call. I'll call. I Will feel you? like he would like that joke. Because uh, Joe is the ultimate pun guy. All he just loves puns. So, but the problem is he might actually know that one if it's out there in the world. He knows every pun. But well, he's very punny. Yes, he is. He has a disease of punning. <laughs> so one of the things, uh, like, I, I just have maybe one more question for you. Like, I've been reading Wendell Berry a lot. Oh, great. And it, it well, let me take that back. I'm not reading. I'm listening. It's an audio book. Um, I don't know. Don't how, do that. I don't know how just, to Just say that. you're reading it. You know, it's so much easier just to watch the YouTube uh, 10 minutes of Wendell oh, Berry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so true. Um but but have, like listening to him, uh, you know, and just his wisdom of of like being out in nature and the importance of taking care of the land, importance of, of taking care of creation, uh, has really changed my out like kind of my view of what creation is for, and like the, the may, like probably like the role in which we have to take care of creation. Yeah. Um. But in a lot of places, especially like where you live, it's not like you can like you don't have big farms. You don't have like you know things to go do. So like I guess my question is, what do you like? What does somebody do, or what do you do in a place where you live in a big city, or you live in a place where you can't just go out and stargaze because yeah. of light pollution? Like how do you get in touch with creation mm -hmm. um, when you you are kind of in these metropolitan areas? Well, I mean, you see it in urban places that there are people that have the, you know, on the stoop, the little garden, you know, that there are um, there are people who feed the birds or, you know, it's kind of a, a, a natural human thing. And there are certain people who give into it. I don't think I mean, like, I'm very interested in Singapore and I would like to go there sometimes because they're building buildings in a different way in Singapore. I don't know if you've heard about this, but they have. They'll build high-rises because it's Singapore. There's no place to build, so you have to build high-rises. But they'll take a whole floor of the high-rise and leave it open to the elements, and and it's a park with plants and all that kind of thing. Or they, they grow plants on the outside of the building. So they'll be – like the building is built so that there can be a tree here. And so, you know, you're 50 stories up, but you're in a forested setting. I – I don't think hmm. that's dumb. I think that's smart, actually. I think that hmm. it's probably going to take a hundred years for people to humanize it and, and make it, you know, because there's always the experts who are like, what we do, you know, and that they, after they mess it up, then people. As actually, a scientist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As an urban planner, I just want to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but you know, like the 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 really horrible architecture of mid twentieth century is over. We've graduated out of it, and and people yeah. are making praise space God. for yeah, praise God, and and our you know, like in New York City, there was the whole period in the late nineteen uh, hundreds 
where you, the building of like Central Park and all these parks and, and there was the green belt idea that cities would be surrounded by these green belts. And so you have big urban places like Boston that have these green areas incorporated into the urban. And then you, we got super efficient sometime in the 1910s or 20s and it's these artificial, totally. And then you have the city of Chicago, which is, I mean, architecturally, the city of Chicago is a nightmare because uh, these people, these mid-century architects were like, well, let's just do steel and glass. That was their idea. And so you have these, it looks like steel and glass. I do think that in the 21st century, the best architects are way, way past that, way past that. So you can have urban farming you can have urban gardening you can have urban greenery you can have people living in contact you know just the fact that they have eagles living in new york city now because they made places for the eagles to live on on the sides of buildings and so people can see an eagle it's not hopeless it can it can be done i do think we're you you have to we'll have to get away from the hyper efficiency of you know the grid systems of cities where you know another thing look at chicago from the air it's perfect squares everything is a per for miles and miles it's perfect squares but i do think we're graduating from that and that, that it'll have more i mean like the urban garden is a big thing now lots of neighborhoods have their garden where you can have your plot uh, if you live in the neighborhood you can have your you know 20 square feet or whatever to grow your corn or hmm. uh so I, I think there's there's hope there. Um, I wonder if maybe population decline will contribute to that, that there will be more. You know, even now in New York City, uh, commercial real estate is at an all-time low. I mean, there's just millions of square feet of empty commercial yeah. real estate. Well, that's because of Amazon mm -hmm. uh, and, and because of the – and Zoom. Basically, Amazon and Zoom killed – Right, commercial yep. real estate, working from home. Well, what are we yeah. going to do with those places? You know, like the the worst places to be a human being. I'm convinced the worst places to be a human being. In the, not not talking about poverty and all that. I'm talking about in a fully modern, uh, you know, uh, uh, prosperous life. The worst place in the world is an airport. They are like hell. There's no fresh air. There's no uh, well. I, I, it, everything is commercial and it's commercial in an exploitive way. Mm -hmm. There's nothing humane or human. Yeah, you pay like $18 it. for a beer. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you don't. But that's, uh, I mean, if, I you're, do. if you're a celebrity, but, you, you get beer free. Well, we don't, we yeah. have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is what I always say. I always get, I go to the little store, you know, in the, um, in the airport because you, you go through security and then you get your Diet Coke. Right, because I'm a Diet Coke drinker, so there's always like a lady there, and she's and she'll, she'll I'll, I'll give her the Diet Coke. She'll go four fifty, you know, for a bottle, of, and I'll go. That seems fair. That's what I always say, and they always crack up. They're always like, yeah. like nobody ever said yeah. like, yeah, we're totally oh. robbing you here, yeah. <laughs> because it's not her fault. She's right. just oh, working yeah. there. Oh, yeah. She's perfectly happy to laugh at it. Like, uh, yeah, that seems fair. That yeah. seems like a fair price. Yeah, four fifty like, for that. You see that line over there. <laughs> <laughs> where the TSA agents are with the, it's like if I go on the other side of that line, yeah. four fifty buys me twelve of these. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. On this side, oh, I'll, yeah. Oh, this is special. This is, this this is special diet right. coke. But 
they're nightmare places. And so you have to, to me, like I first realized this in Heathrow Airport in London, which is uh, uh, Terminal 5 in Heathrow Airport is the largest self-contained structure in Europe. Every square inch of it is hell. It's like they built hell. It's bright lights flashing at you. It's signage that's confusing. It's terrible smells because all of the com- the commerce is going. They're trying to sell perfumes, high end perfumes to people, you know. And mm. so the whole place is horrible. It's, yeah. And and I always say this, Missy, like this is the closest that you can get to hell. This is our public space. This is who's designing these. But what's going to have to happen, I think, is people are going to have to say this is not acceptable anymore. Right. We just won't accept this anymore. You have to say to who's ever running Heathrow Airport, no, there needs to be fresh air in here. There needs to be places where it's not loud, where there's nothing flashing at you. And the 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 response to that is, well, this is paying for this is paying the bills. You know, the having whoever the high all the you know it's all the high-end uh places you know like i don't know the names of them like cartier and fendi and one I, after another i don't know anything yeah. about that and, no idea who those are i'm higher class than you guys. oh yeah, oh, yeah dude. i we're, wouldn't have guessed that from the suspenders bro, bro you live in california yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> well so you know these people are probably paying like cartier is probably paying you know a million dollars for that for whatever that's yeah. every year for that square footage somebody has to say well you know what it's worth it to not get that million dollars to, to, to turn that place into a, a place for children to play or yeah. for yeah. or for quiet or and until we have a real revolt about public spaces where we go this is not acceptable this this is not human everybody has to go to airports now they shouldn't be hell they should be uh, humane places I totally yeah. agree but it's got the whole thing has to burn down before. I yeah. mean, like, there's a lot of things that have to, like, completely fall apart before I, I feel like we can get to that point yeah, where it's like, you know what? I feel that way, too. We shouldn't David. just have profit as our, like, as the main incentive behind everything. It's like, okay, good luck. I mean, yeah, I, good d- luck I, I, I agree. I agree, you know, but... But this is, yeah, like, even to say to public authorities, like the the transit authority of, of Greater London, uh, you you need to not have the... Well, the profit motive, a public authority, it shouldn't be the profit motive. Right. It's, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. You're there for the public good. Well, they don't see a distinction between those two things. Yeah. They don't make a distinction between that. Well, if we bring more money in, then clearly we're doing the public's business. Right. We're, yeah, they, they would say, well, if we can be more profitable... Maybe we could lower the rate of, like, lower the cost of the fare or, so, you yeah, know, whatever. Right. And that is, that's how we're going to serve humanity by, right. like, just letting, yeah. like, charging them less, uh, which, you know, there's merit there, in that, but there uh, is. Right. It, but people, that can't be the only thing that you're looking at. You no. Know? Right. And part of this is that um, that's a, an environment designed for wealthy people as well. It's not an environment designed to uh, welcome anyone. Uh, it's not a, a, an environment where, you know, a family with, you, you know, you see these families with five or six kids going through an airport and the mother looks like she's being crucified. Mm-hmm. Like this is an actual crucifixion for her. And why? Why did we build our public space to crucify mothers? Why did we do that? Why did you do that, Dave? Because mothers don't pay very much. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a space for wealthy Yeah. I mean, people who have- it's proven. It's like those stuff in the airport. Okay, like there's Brooks. You can go buy a suit. 
right. in the airport. And for the longest time, I thought, who is... What? Like, yeah. who's buying... And then I finally realized there are some people who they live here. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, and so the only yeah. time... The, like, if they need a suit, that's the only option they yeah, got because they go. they're going from this place to... And like, right. like the yeah, idea of like going the home... Next time, I'll stop in and get a suit. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. it, and it just... It's so like it's incredibly sad to think about, yeah. like that. There's a an industry about selling you some of these things in the airport for more money just because they know you ain't got a choice. No, you live in this airport. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, if you need this, the only place you're gonna buy it is right, right here. here. Yeah. The, I do think the weirdest thing is the luggage shops. Like, how did you get all the way to the airport, and now you're just realizing right? you need luggage? Yeah. Like, are, is, did you come in here with everything in a plastic bag and you see that and you go, oh, oh that's you know a good idea. That yeah. is a better idea. I had not thought this all the way through. Right, yeah. Like, or, or jewelry. It's like, like, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I'm probably going to get a deal here. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the place <laughs> yeah. to buy that diamond it's ring like, I've been wanting. Yep. You're just like, you're an executive flying around. <laughs> it's your anniversary. And like, you really didn't have time to like jewelry... <laughs> Like, jewelry's typically not an impulse buy, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. well, maybe, for, maybe it is for some people. I yeah, don't know. I don't know that. It's yeah. just, it's just weird. And like, just to wrap this up, about like, let me, let me sum up. Let me sum up, okay? Because like, we we kind of talked about uh, paradoxes and like a lot of different things. You know, all of this stuff is all fake. All, all of it. Like everything in the airport, like it's all None just. Of it is anything it's you just, need. It's just feeding our appetites for stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you, like earlier you mentioned a surfer and I was just thinking about like the importance of nature of that surfer. If anyone's been in the ocean and you feel the power of a wave, like come across (laughs) you and you realize like that thing could kill me. I know. Okay. Yeah. And just the power of it. And we're talking about one wave on one planet in the entire universe. Okay. And like this, just this one wave on one beach of, you know, like the insignificance of that one wave, and yet, like, if you're there, you feel this, like, the power of it, and like the, the, like the things that are happening all over the universe that are like magnitudes more powerful and greater than that, right? And yet, like, you feel the power when you're in that wave, okay? And it's just like God acting in your life right there, yeah. okay? And if you're not, if you're not in the wave, if you're not in the water, you won't ever have this experience, okay? If you're on the beach reading your Kindle, or whatever else, then you're going to live the rest of your life without having experienced this. And And it's amazing what 100 yards does. The 100 yards from the beach to the surf is a total life change. Like, you can be in so much trouble so fast, Mm -hmm. 100 yards away from people who are just sipping margaritas. Right. You know? Mm. Yeah. And so we're, like, caught up in this man-made world in the airport... And the, I think the great irony is that um, we are living in a world of our own creation, and that is preventing us from wonder, preventing us from like having a holy imagination where God is calling us to join in His own like work of creating, right? Like we're in this fake world that we created, but we should be in the real world, like because when you when you get into your imagination and you start praying and wondering, you do actually join in like this act of creation, right? When you, when you wonder and you like 
I, when you get ideas and you like expand your thoughts, okay, you are in fact like participating in creation in that moment with God in that contemplation in because of your wonder. And so we're living in a sterile world we created, but we should be living in a fruitful world, participating in His creating with Him. And it's just like this great this great irony and a, is, a paradox. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, but that's what evil is, is a horrible irony of, yeah. of I'm going to grab the fruit myself. God was going to give you the fruit yeah. anyways. Yeah. He was going to give it to you. Yeah. Like, but you had to grab it, you know, and you ruined it. Right. Jerk. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, not you personally, Dave. <laughs> it's a different, I'm sure it's a different Adam. Dave. Yeah. Sai, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's always a blast to be with you and, and to, to hang out. Do you have any works upcoming that you want, you want to push? Push it. Push it real. Uh, I got. I'm gonna be in on Tuesday. I'm gonna be in Bismarck, North Dakota. Come on out, everybody in North Dakota. That's all I know. I don't. I don't have anything beyond that. I don't think. You just wrote an uh, uh, article on Napoleon. Oh yeah. It is riveting. You should. Check I it. Loved this is one it. of the great pleasures of my life. Last night, someone said to me, "I read your article." They were. That was exciting. They to were. They're like, oh, oh, you're. They were jazzed. They were like yeah. they were all in. I yeah. have not read it, Sai, but I intend to. At Catholic.com. It's free. It's free. It's free. Yes. It's and I, I think you can get the machine to read it to you. I think Catholic.com has that thing where mm-hmm. you go, read it to me. And it won't be me reading it. But if you call me, I'll read it to you. All right. You just give me a call. For $39.99. Yeah. 888-318-7884. <laughs> yeah, right. Just call anytime. 888-318. Yes, that's exactly right. No, try right. that number. Okay. No, seriously, try that number later tonight. I will. 888 does it change? It's like something else when it's not the show? It's just a message that says, we're not on the air right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your call. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, man. It's been a blast. Oh, I love coming here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, my goal is to just get here every two or three years now. I want to be the, well, let's make you guys, I want to be a regular guest. I don't want to be a special guest anymore. I want right. to be a regular hey. guest. Deal. All right. Sign, sign Peace here brothers. and here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Initial there. <laughs>